Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat. This is IGN's Nintendo Podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today on Nintendo Voice Chat, 
we have another two-parter for you guys. It's very, very exciting. Um, the first part, we're going to be running through the news. As usual, some main topics that we have, of course, are the new Champions Amiibo have been released, finally, so we're going to be checking them out. I know somebody who has all four of them. Um, and then, of course, uh, we're moving down to a Super Mario uh, Brothers movie has officially been announced. It's apparently in the works. And then also, uh, Rhyme, for those of you who have, picked, who have picked it up already, has gotten already a day one patch that fixed a lot of issues that reviewers were having uh, during their review progress. And then for the second part of the show, we're going to be talking a lot about, basically all about Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. So if you're excited about Pokemon, definitely stick around for that. But first, before we get to all that stuff, I'd like to introduce my wonderful cast of amazing Amazing people here. Over right here to my right, I'm joined with Per Schneider. Welcome, Per. Well, thank you, Philip. <laughs> Very nice to have you on the show today. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's been a it's been a crazy week, but you know I'm looking forward to a nice little Thanksgiving break and yeah. uh, and and also uh, Zach's looking great today. Hey, We're really excited. Yeah. yeah, young George Lucas here. You do look <laughs> good. You look great, Thanks. Zach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lost well, a lot of years. Can you lift that? that make that chair a little higher. <laughs> Just get a little taller here. Yeah. Sorry, we derailed you, Philip. <laughs> no, 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 no And then right over here to my left, we are joined by none other than Brian Altano. Welcome, Hello, ladies Brian. and gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yes. Very excited for the show today, uh, especially because when the Pokemon conversation starts, I'm going to walk out because I don't know a lot to say about that. <laughs> but wonderful people will come in and take my place. Yes, absolutely. Um, but first, let's talk about these amazing champions, Amiibo. Um, I was only lucky enough to get my hands on one of them, Garouk, um, who I unfortunately did not. What is so funny? <laughs> because you, got that's not really Zach Ryan. That's Jonathan Dornbush. Did I introduce? <laughs> oh, okay. What's up, everybody? Well, I apologize. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I, told, I can you, be Zach. It's fine. We totally you fooled you. Like, you, you didn't did. even notice the difference. I, hey, know, the killers are cool in yeah. other music. <laughs> There's something just so buttery sweet about your voice pair that just, like, it just transcends. It just works. Brain. It's on yeah. Um Yes, I'm so sorry. Jonathan Dornbush, welcome to NGC. Charmed, I'm sure, maybe. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> very good. Good to have you here good as well. Good to be here. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's dive back into the Champions Amiibo. Um, did any of you guys get a chance to pick any of these up yourselves? Uh, yeah, I have two sets. Uh, this, <laughs> is my work, this is my work set. <laughs> you have two sets? Well, I have to, my, I have to have a home set. No, you... Do, How wait, am I going to scan Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. I thought you took all your Amiibo from home into work because you yeah, couldn't keep them wait. at home anymore. Ugh. Now you have a home... You have, are you, you have a double set at home? Guys, I have to admit, I've been bad. No, I don't have the entire set. Intervention? Intervention? I just, no, I just like the ones that don't give you a one time unlock, like a, uh -huh. like you have to scan these a lot of times before you get the masks, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I may have another set at home. Wow. See, so, I scanned Garouk, I want to say like 15 times because yep. he's the only one that I was able to get myself and i've got nothing but his like stone smasher sword out of that right so, yeah how long did it take you I've, no i haven't i haven't gotten the, the mask yet no oh, okay so i have uh you know i've definitely i have two of the the sets i have to check which ones they were um but i haven't had i haven't gotten garuks yet mm, i see yeah you're looking at me like uh like uh, look it's for the good of the people i'm being nice by having them at work so people can uh, use them Fair very enough. generous yeah sure. also have the mario amiibo sets the uh, <laughs> sure. wedding guy yeah this is like someone says like i got cigarettes at home but i bring a pack into work because you know people need cigarettes there too oh yeah no no yeah i don't smoke but can i have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of course i don't collect amiibo can i, mean, I steal yours yeah. yes oh man 
Okay, oh. but I think I think the designs of them are gorgeous. They're um, great. Yeah. They're some of the best looking amiibo. They still have that weird issue with the um, clear plastic rod going up the butt mm-hmm. of several of these sure. characters. To, to be blunt, uh-huh. that's what's happening. Which is weird because that is a toy design issue that they worked around based on the original Smash Brothers line. Uh, the poses in those games were not. Uh, they're really dynamic and cool, but they didn't really lean themselves to uh, being smart toys. So what we saw in the first line of Smash Brothers toys was that they had weird stuff like Link's P-Rod and like a bunch of other things. Uh, and so I thought that going forward, you would design the toy around its ability to stand on its own so that a child couldn't rip it off the base, <laughs> which is ultimately the biggest fear I guess people have with Amiibo. But we're still running into the thing where they have the big rod. Um, her specifically, what's her name again? Uh, Groot? Yeah, it's I not... Believe. What's going Groot. on there is not great. You can't see it at home. You can Google a picture of her. It's really just going... She's standing there triumphantly, and then there's just like a tower right in between the legs. So yeah. um, some of these are handled better than others. That said, the actual designs of the figures are stunning. Yeah, yeah. these They're are so really, well really detailed. Good. I thought by now they would have taken the... the kind of cheesy way out. No, maybe not cheesy, smart way out, like Skylanders have by putting some other objects in. Like the Pikmin, uh, the late Pikmin Amiibo has that, where it has rocks and stuff. Yeah. Like I thought they would do more of that, but I guess Nintendo really likes that cleaner look of them freestanding on the pedestals. Like, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, Um, They're cool. So you bought these in a four-pack? Uh, no, all singles. These are all individuals. Do they sell yeah. like? Do they sell one big box of all four? Not as far as I know of. No, I really see one. Yeah. Oh man, that bumps me out. That yeah. would have been really but cool. But they are going for like forty dollars each on Amazon. Oh, really? Well, awesome. if somebody had yeah. two sets, maybe that person could be rich tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe people keep buying two sets, and that's why they keep selling out. Maybe <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good right. point. Oh. I, I kind of got. Right. I kind of got be honest. the Amiibo game. We spent a long, a long time in the show talking about Amiibo. Uh, I kind of dipped out because yep. it was, I reached my limit, but I still pop in for some cool ones here and there. I'm, yeah. I think I'm going to buy the Shovel Knight ones. The oh, absolutely. New the new ones come out. I, I think he's a, yeah. I mean, our Goron friend here is definitely uh, the one to get. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. awesome. When these he's are back really, to being really normally priced, I will absolutely buy some yeah. of these. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely cool. looking for. I already have all of the other Breath of the Wild amiibo, mm-hmm. but these are the last pieces of the set that I need to get. So hopefully, I'll be able to get the other three. I have uh, what's his name? Gosh, that that big guy with the stone smasher on the it's end. Rook, right? Rook? Yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, yeah that's the guy that I have. So. Yeah. Very excited, but on to more news. Um, so you guys obviously heard about this, right? The new Super Mario Brothers movie that's currently yeah. in yeah. the works with Illumination Studios. And if you guys don't know, or I'm sorry, Illumination Entertainment, excuse me, uh, that's the studio behind movies like Despicable Me, uh, the Minions, Sing, and The Secret Life of Pets. So, obviously, this is going to be an animated movie because yep. how we don't, I mean, we don't know if John Leguizamo was attached just yet, but I don't think it's going to be a live action <laughs> I don't uh, think so. Super Mario Brothers <laughs> movie. <laughs> no. um, although, I, I thought he did a great job as Luigi. Personally. He did, he did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he given the source material, I think he really well, shown. Bob Hoskins is no longer alive. That's so true. Unfortunately, he can't make his return. Yeah, but neither true. one of them I would have pegged as shoe-ins for either of no. the roles <laughs> when they were chosen. chosen. No, and Bob Hoskins had nothing but absolutely terrible things to say about working on that film. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that was a nightmare for him. I feel like what, this will be a little bit of a different production. What, I think so, I too. So, I mean, yeah. obviously, by looking at the pedigree, you know yeah. the direction it's going to go into. I got to say, first reaction was, oh, good that it is a CG animated movie. I was absolutely. happy about that. And then I was like, well, this is not my favorite studio to do it. 
Yeah. Like, so, I got to be honest, and, and maybe because the movies skew younger. Sure. And, like, I do feel Mario has that universal appeal and will appeal to our age group and the next generation even after after me. And uh, I, I wanted a studio that's a little more clever, and I feel like Illum- Illumination is very kind of sophomoric, very, like, kid, super kid-friendly. I, I mm-hmm. think they definitely, their films tend to, it, it's less the Pixar divide of, like, it's for adults and kids. Like, there's that generational gap there, I think, more with their films the wall street journal report that initially revealed this didn't say like the tone or anything yeah. story-wise or so we don't know exactly what it will be like my fear is the goombas will be the minions of this movie uh-huh. sort of thing like they will right. easily be the I ones doing like wabba dabba and just yeah. like pineapple around. yes yeah. mm-hmm. uh but i mean they still do good work like the original despicable me is still like a pretty good movie even as someone who like doesn't love the minions i think that movie still really works as an animated film i think uh sing was actually surprisingly decent like they've made some decent movies. Yeah, that, no, uh, and, and sure. to be fair, totally. none of these are bad. But yes. like in my book, they're Three all Europe the kind of the, it's the seven brigade for me, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, sure. they're not as clever as what you would get out of some of the you know the Disney or the uh, some of the other Universal or you know obviously Pixar productions. Yeah, I would I would have loved like the Wreck It Ralph team to tackle this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty insane to imagine Pixar doing this. So yeah, yeah. we to go a notch below that. Although I would the, say Wreck It Ralph is up there with some of the. I mean, I would say it's above probably the last three or four Pixar movies. Yeah, yeah. like Total Tangent, but I think the Disney in-house animation right now is outperforming c- current Pixar. Yep, yeah, uh, I agree. Even though, even though Wreck-It Ralph isn't technically like a video game movie, mm-hmm. I still think it's probably one of the better like video game movies yeah. out yeah. there. Yeah. You know oh, what absolutely. I mean? Just because they did, they nailed so many of those characters. Like, they, who, who was in there? Sonic was in there. They had yeah. some Street Fighter Bowser's characters in there. Bowser, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mario's is, Mushroom is in there. Like, there's a bunch of Mario stuff in there, which yeah. is interesting. And but. it's interesting what that'll mean. So, say they're doing this deal with Illumination, say that becomes officially announced, this movie's in production, they agree to do two or three more movies. Does that that mean we won't see any Nintendo things in Wreck and Ralph two, you know things. I like think that. so. Like, I, I feel like this sort of closes that door, and but this yeah. is a specific part. I think that the the, f- the groundwork for complications was laid in the Universal Studios partnership right. already. Yeah. You yeah, know, absolutely. with the amusement park inclusion. Yeah, I think that makes it very difficult for you know either Nintendo working with Disney or Disney working with Nintendo, right? Totally. Like that connection. So, uh, but but never say never, right? Like yeah. you, we brought up Bob Hoskins and uh, mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit is the the living breathing example of you know an unlikely crossover of different studios that were bitter enemies for so many years yeah and i feel like the uh theme park announcement sort of set the, this precedent for nintendo that's exciting like mm-hmm. this movie deal when anything is officially announced it's super exciting to me that nintendo is finally starting to take risks with its material because if you look at interviews since the original super mario brothers movie that thing hangs over them like a the worst yeah. relationship they've ever yeah. had and like even reggie was talking about in interviews recently where they're like, hey, would you guys do a movie? He's like, well, you know how badly that movie was. <laughs> but I finally, like, this is a good sign to me of, like, the doors are going to slowly open mm-hmm. and yep. we're going to see more of these partnerships. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, for sure. I think, like, the 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 fact that this will connect to rides and probably toys and all the other stuff is really yeah. exciting. I don't know if it'll be directly in line with a new game or anything. That'd be Like an Odyssey? Like he's actually traveling? Yeah. Yeah, sure, something, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I mean. What if you get stuck in the real world? 
I could honestly see them doing like even another mobile game for or, something like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of dedicating yeah, like full development to like a Switch game, I think a smaller scale thing, maybe even something on the 3DS, if that's still around by the time this movie comes it out. It will feel weird if there isn't like a direct tie in game to this. But I mean, you we have Odyssey right now, so who knows wh- how that's going to sort of long tail. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're so good with, they've had plenty of experience with the minions. The minions are essentially the rabbits. What if they're just doing Mario plus rabbits, the movie? Pump the brakes. Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> let's, let's, get a, let's, let's get a Mario movie. I just first. want more Mario plus rabbits. <laughs> I, I do too. I love that game. Yeah. I really love that game. I bought the DLC. But um, speaking of Nintendo sort of being more open to building relationships and sort of um, letting their... They've always been very protective of their brand. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. But now it seems like they are starting to be a little bit more open about like letting other people sort of um, show off their content. And I'm talking particularly in the YouTube sphere um, because it was reported that um, Nintendo is considering a YouTube like sort of live stream monetization type thing or to sort of better um, build their relationship with YouTube. Um, So we actually have a quote from Ryan Wyatt, who is the head of YouTube gaming. And he went ahead and said that Nintendo is spending a lot of time looking at how to engage their creation community and how to handle monetization. YouTubers are able to live stream Nintendo content and monetize through our non-ad products. That's a better question served for them for what they want to do in the future, but I think there are better ways to improve and better optimize how they work with the creators. Now, um, for some of you guys who might not know, I actually come from a YouTube background. So yeah, that's your plan. And Nintendo YouTuber. Yeah, like, n- completely Nintendo on the nose. Yeah. YouTube background, yeah. yeah. So um, I uh, used to be a Nintendo brand ambassador, um, and then that changed once I started working here. But um, I have like a lot of experience working with them, and you know, I um, as a Nintendo YouTuber, it was difficult at times to sort of like try and make a living off of this whole thing, off mm-hmm. of like um, you know putting out fresh Nintendo content that was monetizable. But at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see, I, like, I, I, it was difficult for me to sort of create that aspect. But at the same time, it was still worth it because having that strong relationship with Nintendo, they seem to, like, be helpful in other ways with their YouTubers. Right. Well, you had, you had a sort of way scenarios, like, I want to make a video, uh, but I also want to run a business that is, you know, self-owned. Right. And you have to sort of, say to yourself like let me weigh uh exposure versus monetization because like you can make a video that'll reach a ton of people but it might get striked down by them or it might it, you might not make a penny off of it exactly because it puts you in a weird spot right because there are there are a lot of youtubers out there who are in the sort of affiliate program or their brand ambassador program um but uh and then there's a whole separate program that's a creator's program that essentially lets you monetize those videos. But Nintendo takes a gigantic cut so mm-hmm. to the point where it's almost not even worth it. It's yeah. like an 80% cut, essentially. Um, so it's good to see. I'm happy to see that they're actually working on that. They're working on building that relationship with not just YouTube, but sort of um, people within the community who are excited about showing off their content, their games. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all been saying that that's sort of like free marketing for them. So. Yeah. The, the challenge here is if you are an established YouTuber and you start covering Nintendo or, or doing live streams, there are ways to monetize other than the ad product, right? Where it can it can still be lucrative. Like, let's say you're a YouTuber with a million subs and, you know, a company co- comes to you and says, oh, we want our, our water bottle featured on your programming. And they, they put it on there and they get paid directly they don't have to pay nintendo a cut yeah but you can't ever get to that point unless you can actually 
pay for like you know you got to start somewhere and if yeah. you can't make any money off the channel it's very difficult to ever get to that point of monetization mm -hmm. it's very and, it's and very chicken and egg yeah and that's know. why i feel like yeah. uh, i i you know i understand why nintendo wants to limit the use of its products but i it's also kind of um I think it still hurts them. It it makes the the Nintendo versions of products less attractive for streamers out there. Well, we're yeah. seeing a lot of like kind of good guy Nintendo over the last few mm -hmm. years. You know, them calling up yeah. third parties, them the going uh, region free with the Switch. There's a lot of like advancements they've made that have sort of been industry standards that they've kind of said to themselves like, okay, you know, we'll be cool again. We'll play well with others. Mm -hmm. The YouTuber thing is interesting though because there's a, two ideologies on creating YouTube content based on Nintendo stuff, and one is that the YouTuber is saying, like, um, you know, I'm promoting your game. I'm giving you exposure. And Nintendo is saying, well, yeah, but that's our original content. That's our IP. You're making money off of our work. And those two ideologies kind of clash 50-50 in the middle. And I mm -hmm. think you reach a point where there really isn't a right answer on it, mm -hmm. right? Like, when you're making a video about a Nintendo stuff, like, yeah, you're promoting their content. You're basically you. You're probably putting a lot of people onto a game that they didn't know about. You know, they're advertising stuff for free. Um, we do a good job on the show. You pat ourselves on the back and talk about indie games, right? That I think mm -hmm. get missed a lot. But I think you get in a weird situation like that too, because in some ways Nintendo is sort of right. You know, mm -hmm. like if you make an entire career off of Nintendo games, then. Maybe they should get a cut of that. I Are don't they know. not entitled? Yeah, they're Are they not entitled. They, yeah, exactly. They're, it's that weird, it like philosophical versus legal middle ground that, like, obviously, YouTube and streaming has opened up so many more questions than existed ten years ago. Uh, yeah. And it's that weird thing of I see both sides. To me, there's a clear line. If you're if you're utilizing uh, footage from a game and it's it's like the the attraction is looking at the game, then it's one thing. And it is a fine line, but like if it is about the personality and the commentary and or the transformation, like they take the footage and they, they're riffing on it, they're doing something that's ultimately good for the brand. Mm. Yeah. Um, then I then I feel like it's it's less clear that there should be a, a cut or even yeah. any involvement. But it's like look, we can debate that forever. Legally it's pretty clear. Yeah. Um for the most part there's the fair use angle yeah. like if yeah. it's part of news blah blah blah, commentary <laughs> transformative all that. Um but yeah, sure it's not it's it's it sticks out because it is not the path that most studios have taken. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Most publishers don't do this. Yeah. So right. I'm curious to see if there will be more hooks built in to share content because now you can share clips to Twitter and they're obviously very short and not monetizable. But yeah. like if they allow longer sharing, what will happen? This is gonna be really fascinating to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's just, you know, even more signs of a new Nintendo coming, you know, yeah. and just the total transformation of how the company is sort of handling um, distribution of their media yeah. and, and digital stuff, rights. So. It's awesome. It's great. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for 54 cents a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat. 
there is some more exciting stuff happening. I guess Rhyme mm-hmm. got a day one update. Um, and I know that you've been playing a little bit of Rhyme, Brian, right? Yeah, not to be confused with Rive, which also just launched. They are one letter apart, and they're yep. both on Switch within a matter of days. <laughs> yeah. um, Rhyme is really interesting. It was reviewed by Marty Sleva here at IGN, um, and he thought it was kind of like good, not great. It's mm-hmm. probably more Shadow of the Colossus eco than it is, say, Wind Waker. I mm-hmm. think when we originally saw trailers for this game a long time ago, we saw, we thought, like, this is an indie Zelda game. Um, and I think it has a lot of those tendencies, right? Uh, I'll, I'll say that, it, like, art-wise, it's really gorgeous. It's really minimalist, which I love. It's almost got this look like you're expecting textures to pop in but they never really do yeah. very animated well like um, Wind Waker like you know yeah. more kind of yeah. like uh, anime yeah animation style yeah and I'll say it's even probably a little bit more even than subdued than that but I, I, I really dig exploring this world even though a lot of the actions that you're doing are generally pretty simple um, some of my issues with it on the technical front seem to have been patched uh, I want to dig in some more and see how that works out. But reading an AMA from the devs that they did over at the official Switch Reddit, uh, they basically said that porting to Switch is not easy and that bringing this game over is a kind of big, ambitious thing. And you saw a little bit of frame rate dips right there. Yeah. And tearing, um, yeah. Yeah, some screen tearing frame rate dips were kind of the issues that plagued it, uh, at least from, from what I played so far, which happens on consoles as well. Uh, they didn't really want to take the vision of this game and lose it, right? Now, the Switch is underpowered. We all know that compared to next-gen consoles. So they were basically faced with three decisions. One, uh, implement loading screens in between areas, which they thought was sort of jarring and not great. Uh, two, sh- shrink the world, which I think completely impedes on the vision of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, or three, um, have the players sort of deal with some kind of flip booky frame rate drops every now and then. Mm-hmm. I was noticing drops in like low in like single digits at some points mm-hmm. like actually yeah. before the patch some of the worst i've ever seen and i haven't really had a chance to dig in after the patch from what i hear it's better but um i'd be amazed if it's locked at 30 the entire time but um i want to poke around some more it's a really interesting game there's no ui it's a little obtuse but mm-hmm. just exploring and walking around and collecting stuff and figuring out the mystery of this of this of this game is is cool and it's it's nice that it's on a handheld yep it's heartening to know that they addressed it so quickly. Yeah. Uh, which, obviously, with this new platform and everyone wanting to support the indies that come to it, especially the ports, it's good to see that they, too, want to support that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as as you were saying, like, Marty, who reviewed it, I think his main issue with it was that, like, oh, it reminds you of Eco, it reminds you of Journey, it reminds you of X or Y game, but it doesn't do anything better necessarily than those sure. games was, I think, his main worry, but you've been enjoying seeing this world yeah 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 i think it's i think it's a cool place to be you know it 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 gives me actually like sort of shades of something like mist Mm -hmm. to an extent where it's it doesn't exactly prompt you what to do it's not nearly as talky of course i mean most of the sounds you hear in this game are just kind of nonsense but it has that obscure like you're trying to figure out like what what's the meaning behind any of this kind of approach right yeah and i dig it it's 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 charming you know is the word i'll I'll use (laughs) yeah the game is is receiving a lot of love maybe not so much so from the review front on the switch version because a lot of the reviewers did get like you know they were reviewing the game pre-patch so it did have a lot of those like technical issues and stuff and supposedly the patch did sort a lot of that out but it's just unfortunate that a game like rhyme that probably does deserve a little bit more attention on switch than it's getting right now um did get hit with like these lower review scores um if the devs I, i mean i think that they honestly 
should have delayed it until December. It would have been a better time to release it. You know, that way it would have been ready with yeah. this patch. Yeah. Well, um, and they released it on like the craziest port week the Switch has seen. It was this. It's Ellie Noir. It's Batman Telltale. It's Doom. It's now Skyrim is coming. It's like of all of these such major ports, like why not give your game a little room to breathe? I, just as sort of a bigger mm-hmm. conversation, um, I think that the last few weeks on Switch have been this sort of like cumbersome and fascinating look at how third parties interact with this, yeah. with this, with this, with this thing, <clears throat> looking at switch sales for third party games over this, the last six, seven months since the system launched has been so fascinating because, uh, many third party studios are reporting that they're having stronger sales on switch than other platforms combined. We saw stuff with like steam world dig. We saw a bunch of other smaller games, right? Yeah. Ocean so, Northern. and, and the, none of these, this is, this is a system that launched in March away from the holiday season, which we are now squarely in. And, um, I just find it perplexing that you turn on your Switch and there's 25 new games. There are a bunch of games on the list this week that uh, I didn't even know existed until I just saw up here. Yeah. And they look interesting, but it's like they're fighting Skyrim and Doom, L.A. Noir, Rhyme, yeah. Rive. Mm-hmm, I, you know, I, like, I've been doing the weekly like Switch release story kind of every week for the last six or seven weeks because it's so fascinating to track where it's 19 games this week, 17 games this week, and it's like 15 of those games probably won't get a shot because Skyrim is there and yeah. Doom is there. and yeah. Or just isolating just Super Mario, Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. Super Mario Odyssey launched within a seven-day window in each direction of Sonic Forces, Super Lucky's Tale, and a reboot of Bubsy. Like, <laughs> all those guys could have waited a month. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hang back. This yeah. is not yeah. your week to be a 3D platformer or a 2D platformer. What? Just, yeah. like, lay low for a little bit. And talking about how well those sales have been doing for these yep. third parties, I'm fascinated to see what, like, these past few weeks, like, how did Batman sell for Telltale relative to other... Right, because I think platforms. that's another one that just sort of got quietly yeah. thrown out so, there, whereas Super Mario Odyssey was the best-selling game of last month, yeah. despite launching on the 27th and only having four days in the MPD. So yeah. it's, it's kind of nuts to me. I was going to say, I mean, there was no doubt that Mario's in-house franchise would sell on the device and then you know obviously some of the indies at a, at a lower price point are doing really really well mm-hmm. even if they're in some cases even though they're later ports in some yep. cases in some cases they debuted there and and are doing um, well I think now the big question for me is like as we see games like Skyrim, Alien Noir, Doom all come out and some of them are you know half a decade old not yeah. even yeah. just like uh, two years old but like really old this is where i'm really curious they're coming out at full price like yeah. 60 dollars um will they perform as well or is it was it more about that kind of price point that made those other games so attractive on the switch yeah no it's right. a it's a it's a really good question i noticed um skyrim the pre-order of skyrim was the fifth best-selling game of the on the eShop. it was up it's not there. out yet and doom, doom was in the top doom three, was, three right two doom was number three when yeah. i looked last time so mm-hmm. I think the answer is they're probably doing really well. The question yeah. is, you know, will this continue or is this yeah. like the honeymoon, you know? Yeah, looking looking well, right now, the top five are Odyssey, Rocket League, Stardew Valley, Doom, and Skyrim. And mm. and Sonic Forces is six. So basically one first-party game and five third-party games. Stardew has so. been there every week, man. It's I know. Oh, yeah. Really well. Know. Yeah. Probably doing well for yeah. them. These guys yeah. are happy they got that out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I reviewed Skyrim, and I think by the time this airs... um. Will the or Skyrim will be out? So and obviously the embargo is up anyway because yeah. the review is out and hopefully you've watched it. Um, but yeah, I mean I think that you know it's selling. They're selling it at a full price right now and it's going for sixty dollars, I believe. Um, and it's I say in my review that it's somewhere in between sort of the special edition of what we got on PS4, Xbox, and PC, um, and then the original like release that was on consoles and oh PC. cool. Yeah, I so was, like I was wondering where this one would land in the sort of like 
Skyrim timeline. <laughs> yeah. In between. Yeah, yeah. it's like somewhere <laughs> in between. Because it has some of those graphical like, enhancements that we all really like enjoyed about the special edition. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't have things like mod support, uh, right. which yeah. does kind of suck. But at the same time, you're playing it on the Switch, which is a portable console. So, like, I personally... Um, I'm I'm okay with that sort of sacrifice if that is a sacrifice. Um but it's it's great. It's an incredible experience playing that on Switch because that game 6 years ago was the biggest most massive RPG in existence, you know. Yeah, it's a I game think it's, I think it's still our what our most popular wiki ever. Grand Theft Auto probably. Really? Yeah, yeah Skyrim is up there, yeah. yeah. GTA 5 is a monster. Interesting. Yeah, Inter- yeah so Skyrim was there for a very, very, very long time. It's a game time. that yeah. people play yeah. for a long time and that has so many little things that you want to look up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I will say, I mean, watching Skyrim, like, it is obviously an older game and you can see it with, like, the facial animations yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. And, like, it, like the lighting is very kind of um, flat in a lot of ways. But the port fared better than, like, a Rocket League or Doom, right? Like, some of the, the games that were... Were created for this generation of consoles, so I actually think it looks competently done. Over- yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, Philip, how's the sort of novelty of playing it on a handheld? Like, um, I like it. I don't. I don't think it's a novelty, really. Um, I don't look at it that way. I think it's a really cool experience getting to have that game and pick it up and play it wherever you want, whenever you want. Essentially, yep. like it does provide that awesome pick up and play experience that you don't get out of a lot of switch games um or just a lot of games in general so um i think they did an incredible job porting it over it runs at 30 frames per second um graphically it looks awesome whether you're playing it on the big screen or the small screen the only real issue that i had with it is that it's just an older game coming to switch it's like six years old at this point so Mm -hmm. the combat feels a little clunky the motion controls like the switch exclusive features that are in the game um, are fun, but like the melee combat is, I'm just going to say it, it sucks. Um, it's, motion control yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, not all the motion control stuff, but the melee combat well, sucks. Well, it it's an RPG, right? Where right. the game system calculates your impact rather than like a Zelda game where it feels like an action adventure. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, if you were watching the, if you're watching the IGN uh, video version of this um, and you see the footage, like whenever you're in like close-up situations with characters, it doesn't look good. But man, it's like the atmosphere is so awesome when you're stepping out into the world and the whole world is open and you see all this stuff happening or it's sunset or night. Like there are some moments of real beauty in this world and like just the freedom of being able to explore and witness that this world continues to live um I mean that's what Skyrim did before Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah. And like, and it did it in a way where characters could kill each other in a town, <laughs> even right? And like, a character could be missing from the quest. It's just really cool, really cool game. But another game that I, uh, I guess, all of us here have been playing, um, and a lot of us in the office as well, is Battle Chef Brigade. Yep. Yeah. Which is very cool. Game Let's, is so rad. Yeah. I like it why, so much. Why don't you tell us a yeah. little bit about it, Jonathan? Uh, so it's this. How do you explain that? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you just basically mix five genres into a delicious meal. Stew. Yeah. Uh, now you got a stew going. Um, yeah. So it's basically you are an up and coming chef who wants to compete in the Battle Chef Brigade uh, and become one of the world's top chefs. Uh, but as you're competing, it's this weird mix of you go out and hunt the monsters that become the f- meal you cook. <laughs> so you go out, you you hunt, you fight with magic and physical attacks, and then you go back to the cooking. And the cooking is a sort of like match three puzzle game. 
Yeah, so with a limited field. Yes. But you select what what you drop into it based on the ingredients you gather. Yeah. Right? So they kind of they have different elements. So some are fire, some are earth, some are water, and different challenges will be like I want you to have majority water in this one. So you have to go out and be aware of what you're collecting and use the correct ingredients. Sometimes yeah. you have a pot that only allows you to mix fire elements, but that'll give you a boost. Like there are all these little bits and pieces to that match three puzzle game that really enhance it. Uh, and it's also just the world is so charming and upbeat like i love it's this very pleasant sort of anime style like the acting and stuff very much is like i feel like i'm sort of in the middle of an anime uh but everyone is so positive in this world and they just want to they love cooking and that comes through and it really has nods way. to like iron chef or like, yes you know in the yeah. words of our of our uncle like the uh uh in the words of my uncle right like <laughs> uh, it's not ali cuisine they have their own version of it i forget what it was uh, whenever you cook off brigade yeah, yeah. Brigade, yeah. Right? like yeah they obviously they acknowledge iron chef yes they acknowledge rpgs yep and then even like i thought what was clever in this game is when you go out and you gather your ingredients and you buy, you can start a puzzle in some case in in you know a lot of cases and then cook a little bit do match three and go oh i need some more ingredients you run out and you get more and when you get ingredients for example you'll see a bird fly around and you can like kill the bird and take what's left over as your ingredients yeah or you can wait and maybe another bird will eat the ingredients and then poop out an egg and then now you have an egg right so yeah you have to observe these like silly kind of chains of the ingredient monsters and and plants and and really kind of pay attention to what comes out yeah, yeah. they're really smart like deeper mechanics underneath it all and they also train you in really smart ways because you're essentially in a town where everyone's competing but you can do sort of little side jobs and one is like looking at the puzzles the match three as if it's different puzzles one is figuring out correct ingredients to use like so on and so forth and so they teach you new abilities and new sort of tips yeah. and tricks as you go along it's it's a really smart rolling out of those ideas i think you brought up the the kind of like the comparison to golf story golf story takes like established genres mixes them together and you get something very different golf story is a very relaxing game mm -hmm. this one's pretty frantic yeah like once you start cooking you're like ah you know yeah. yeah this is a little little bit more intense than golf story golf story you can like sort of play at your own pace i feel like whereas this one literally puts a timer on you sometimes um so you are constantly racing the clock but it mm -hmm. doesn't get too too stressful because you're obviously having a lot of fun while you're doing it so um i just love the way that they blended those genres together I'm not the biggest puzzle game fan out there, but mm -hmm. I do love fighting game uh, fighting games, and I do love um, RPGs. And yeah. put all three of those together, and it's like a whole another genre that I didn't even know existed. That probably didn't even exist before this. But I'm in love with it, and I'm totally yeah. going to finish that game. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, the quality of the kind of the visuals, it's very simple. Like cutscenes sometimes aren't even animated. Yeah. It's just text based. There's voice acting, um, but it's you know, like I got over that hump and then found it to be very, very charming, very clever. Good, good sense of humor. Definitely. Totally, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so another game that a lot of us have been playing in the office as well is Rocket League on Switch. I know that you guys out there are probably very excited, just as excited as we were to actually get it, which is amazing. Now, it's pretty much the same type of game, or it's the same Rocket League that's available on other platforms. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually got cross-play as well with Xbox yep. and PC. Mm -hmm. I personally turned that off, and I found that... Um, <laughs> I yeah, should have done that. <laughs> if you turn off cross-play, you'll probably do a lot better, because yes. there's a lot of other people playing on Switch. Who have been playing for a long time, yeah. Exactly, yep. yeah. So um, I highly recommend that. Did you guys get a chance to check out any yeah, Rocket? Yeah, um, so I, I played yeah. uh, I played two-player split-screen with my son. It was running well. It does, it does lack that kind of luster and sheen 
of the other versions. Yep. You know, I'm used to the PlayStation 4 version, and you know, everything has this kind of like like a lot of lights and glassy look to it. Whereas this one is kind of like I don't know how do you describe it? It's like San Francisco Rush in 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 high def more. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it, it's very flat looking on the switch. It's a little duller, yeah. Yeah, and then you know you do see jaggies in this version. Like yeah. it seems to use you. You brought this up. It used like dynamic uh, resolution switches yeah. to keep the frame rate running. Same studio that ported Doom. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Panic button. Yeah. yeah, and so that seems to be their go-to trick. Um, so it isn't as pretty, but it's just such a fun game, man. Once yeah. you get good at you know the the jumps and the flips and being able to control the ball, um, it's incredible fun, it's especially. As a as a you know at home game playing yeah. against friends yeah. or with friends, it's um it's interesting because when you use like the screen cap button in this game, uh, and you go looking at your stills, it doesn't look like a good looking game. Yeah, mm-hmm. when you actually stop and nothing is moving, yep. like you can kind of see how they made it work. Yeah, but when everything is going, it's yeah. actually incredibly impressive looking for the Switch. I, yeah. I, I found that like. That's such an interesting thing, and I noticed I noticed that with some racing games here and there, right? Where like the trick is to not stop moving because the second you do, you sort of go like, oh, like uh, you know, the guys in Forza don't look very good in the stands, or <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. the blades of grass are kind of fake. Yep. But when everything's going, um, it's it's very good. Uh, the note about shutting off crossplay, very smart because I got my butt whooped in this game, just destroyed, <laughs> yeah, destroyed. And it was like this is my first few rounds. It's been a long time since I played this game. Uh, did not go well for me. I did not have a fun time. But I'm going back. I'm getting better. And um, you can play against bots, which is cool. I played with the Mario car and the Luigi car. And you can add little effects to the back of them, like the stars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I dig it. There's so much in there. And the progression system is actually pretty smart. There's a lot of like little decals and yep. uh, cars you can unlock and uh, just a whole showroom and everything. So. Yeah. Psionics has been really great at like supporting that game continuously yeah. with free updates. And like most of the paid stuff, it's all just cosmetic stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they continue to add new modes and new uh, arenas and everything, and it's cool to have all of that on the Switch. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look as great, but what matters about that game is that it runs well. Yeah, like yeah. that game could look like a polygonal like SNES game, and as long as it ran correctly, it, that's all that really exactly matters it. for this game. Yeah, and I, I, I love it that it does. It, run. I would totally play that too. Yes, you know, kind of would. Exactly. It's. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just so much fun. Like you'll go like, all right, I'll play a match, and then before you know, you play a whole season. Then you keep go, you keep going, and like even you know, my son son and I just played against the AI. And that is just so much fun, like mm-hmm. to do an entire season against the computer. It's uh, yeah. it's a great game. Yeah. I really, really, like, really good game. Yeah, I really I really like the way Panic Button ports uh, their games. Like they totally keep the core experience of that game. Like that is totally Rocket League, you know. And when they ported Doom, that's totally Doom on Switch. Um, yeah, sure, the resolution takes a little bit of a hit, but I'm so much happier playing. Like having that same feeling, having that exact experience that I would be. On you know playing it on a different totally platform. feels. I'm, right. I'm in the same exact yeah. boat. I I've uh, I'm like halfway through Doom right now, and I just switched over to Rocket League for a couple of rounds, and it's like it's kind of amazing how they pulled that off. You know, yeah. I, I really uh, I really like the idea of those things sort of just being demade just enough to work. Um, with yeah. Doom, I found I put motion blur on low, and I turned off chromatic aberration, oh. which I don't know what it is, but it sounds bad, <laughs> so shut it off. No, um, it's it's actually it's actually pretty pretty good for some games, but for Doom, I shut it off, and I found the experience just like looked a little better you know mm-hmm. nice so uh, yeah. are you red uh are you colorblind no but okay. that's an just option checking. too right just checking i think that is an option yeah yeah you can play colorblind mode 
Yeah, like chromatic aberration. Mm -hmm. Uh, Awesome. All right, well, good game. Yeah, that's the end of our first, uh, the first part of our two-parter today. Um, So stay tuned for some awesome info on Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon Mm -hmm. coming right up. Here we go. Welcome back to Nintendo Voice Chat. This is part two. This is going to be the ep- or the Pokemon section of the uh, episode today. And today we're joined with, and I swear, Pear and Brian did not turn into these two lovely ladies. But we are joined with, um, directly to my left, we have Casey DeFritas, who's actually yes. in charge of our review for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. That's right. And over to my far left, we have Miranda Sanchez, who is an avid Pokemon fan. I love Pikachu. <laughs> hey, I'm back. NBC. <laughs> you know who I'm talking to. <laughs> anyway, I don't, anytime me and Casey are on, she's like, oh, the Pokemon girls. It's like, yes. Well, good <laughs> news. Way. I, too, have seen a Pikachu. So <laughs> We we'll actually recently it. learned a very alarming thing about Pikachu. In the recent movie, we oh, can't yeah. talk about this. Okay, guys, yeah, we might, just be, might be spoilers. I can't handle it. It's also spoilers, but I can't handle yeah. it. No, I mean, it's I awful. think it's I think it's appropriate to, to bring up a little bit of the Pokemon movie. I mean, yeah. is it spoilery though? A spoiler for the next like two minutes, then yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, come back in well, in two minutes. Oh, wait. we'll get all the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, all right, starting now. All right, in the new Pokemon I choose choose you movie, at the very end, Ash bring it to yours, <laughs> is dying. Classic and. Uh, Hallucinates Pikachu talking to him, Ooh. and it's really bad. But what does what does he sound like? Does he does not sound like, like Keith David doing Pikachu. <laughs> it sounds like someone Danny DeVito. Terribly, no, it sounds like someone terribly trying to imitate Pikachu, but saying words instead of Pikachu. Ooh, I'm not gonna imitate it. You can try, John. <laughs> oh no, like. give me, give me. I need to be uh, having a few more different drinks than this coffee here. Okay, I think spoilers are over. Um, and also the horrific part is over, so my Pikachu can listen again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <For the years. laughs> Don't listen. <laughs> it's okay. No, um, just saying that, you know, oh, spoilers, Marley, again, that Ash might die or whatever. I've been re-watching the original se- first season, and it's weird how often their lives are in danger. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, frequently. Mm-hmm. Like, at one point, Team Rocket kind of dies, or, like, they pull up, and they're like, oh, no, they're dead. I guess we'll give them, like, a proper burial at sea and they just start pushing him off the raft oh and it's it's so intense and I, I mean, completely forgot about that like it makes sense though in a world filled with giant creatures that can shoot fire and lightning that yeah. you might be <laughs> more at risk of death yeah, yeah definitely you're allowed to take those wherever you want <laughs> on your Anywhere. belt I think Pokemon's just getting a little bit more edgy, you know, as we go. It's getting a little, it's getting a little darker. I don't, that's always present. (laughs) I'm going to, it's good though. I don't know. I think black and white got really edgy and it's been getting less edgy since then. They actually try to make um, Team Rocket cool in black and white. And then they're just like, never mind, like halfway (laughs) through and they became goofy again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're you're in charge of the review, Casey, mm-hmm. right, for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra yep. Moon, and I know that it's coming out this Friday, which as which will be mm-hmm. the day that this episode airs. Um, so a lot of uh, of our listeners out there are interested in it, and so I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. I know that uh, you your review is up for it right now on IGN, yes. so definitely check out Casey's review, um, and the video is going up as well. So yeah, both will be up on Friday. Correct. Yeah, but I would just love to hear some of your thoughts on Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and sort of um, what makes this different than last year's release of just Moon, Mm -hmm. Sun and Moon. Yeah. So first of all, disclaimer, I did review Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon based on its own merits and not based on how different it is from Sun and Moon. And because of that, it's still a really good game. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were 
uh, well, Sun and Moon were really good. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon just add on to what Sun and Moon was. So they added on 100 more Pokemon that you could catch and also added on new features. Like you can surf, you can go into Ultra Space, into Ultra Wormholes and find legendary Pokemon and a ton of other Pokemon that aren't native to Alola. And there's also the battle agency in the Festival Plaza and the story is also slightly different. So there's a lot of little things that add up to make it a much better, fuller experience than Sun and Moon were. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people are asking me like, oh, well, if I played Sun and Moon for a hundred hours, like, should I get Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? And one of the cool things is that the exclusive Pokemon in Sun are also the exclusive Pokemon in Ultra Sun. So if you get Ultra Moon and started with Sun, you can then fill up your Pokedex. So if you only got one version, in the first go around, you can get the ultra version and still complete both Pokedexes. Yeah, it's just like now that I'm an adult, I like to buy both versions of my Pokemon because <laughs> I have money for once. And so, Lucky. yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was really excited about because this is such a not like massive expansion, mm -hmm. but enough of an expansion that warrants buying that second version where you may not have in the past. Mm -hmm. Right. As someone who only played five or six hours of Sun because life got in the way, mm -hmm. life finds a way, uh, should I? Should I play through both at this point, or should I just jump to Ultra Sun? Ultra I would Moon? say just jump to Ultra Sun, okay. Ultra Moon. Like I said, it's it's pretty much the same. Like you start in the same town, you have the same starter Pokemon, mm -hmm. you will fight the same trials, but the tri some of the trials are a little bit better. And better so, clothes too. Yeah, better <laughs> clothes, more hairstyles, um, more places to explore, and the world overall is just more lifelike and mm -hmm. interesting. I know Pikachu, <laughs> but um. For example, like you can go up to Pikachu or one of the many other Pokemon that you'll find in the overworld and interact with them. And the little emo emotes will pop up and they'll be really happy and like imitate you. And that's just a cute <laughs> thing to do. You don't get anything from it, but it's fun. Yeah. And you, one of the, for example, one of the NPCs I talked to was lamenting about how he had applied to two different resorts on the island and got hired at the one that he's now bellhopping for, but was de de denied a job at the other one. And he's like, oh, the other one's better. Like, I'm feeling really sad that I'm working here. Oh. And mm -hmm. I went and talked to his manager and he's like, oh, he's not feeling, he's not feeling too good. Show him a magmar. I was like, huh. So I mm. actively, as soon as I got it's a magmar, <laughs> I, I didn't know what would happen. I was like, I need to see what happens to this yeah. NPC when he sees a magmar. And I went back and I showed him the magmar he's like, wow, thanks so much for showing me that. It looks just like my mom. And I was like, wow. And he's like, yeah, it reminds me of my mom who said I should be the best bellhop no matter what, wherever I am. So I'm going to be the best bellhop ever. Thanks for reminding me of my mom who looks like a magmar. What? And it's <laughs> I have so many questions. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah. He says thank you. Plus, like, reminds me of like, oh, maybe they had a magmar growing up in the family. And no. Yeah, like, no. His mom. his mom looks like magmar. Was his mom like okay. a redhead? Is that the? <laughs> they don't. They what? don't show you the mom. Okay. I don't think I want to see his mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what if his mom is a magmar? <laughs> That opens you know, up a lot of possibilities. It is. It is. Like, it is a, not go there. <laughs> Magmar is a human-like po Pokemon. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> cool. Cool. There are cool little stories that NPCs tell you that were not there in Sun and Moon at all, and it just yeah, there are like very few of those, which is something I get enjoyed in past iterations of Pokemon, mm -hmm. just like getting to know the residents of these towns, and they just mm -hmm. feel very lived in. And based on what you review, because of course I haven't had a chance to play it yet, which I'm so excited <laughs> when I download it. Um, it just feels obviously way more robust mm -hmm. and 
I know I keep going back to it, but like having now just rewatched the first season of Pokemon, it makes me want to have that sort of experience where everything's mm-hmm. lived in and there's mm-hmm. just more interaction. Mm-hmm. And having that experience with Pokemon Ultra Sun is gonna be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, so like before it came out, I wasn't sure whether this was gonna be like a major sequel sort of scenario or if it's mm-hmm. like a emerald or a yellow or one of those. Is it more mm-hmm. along those lines or is it more like black and white too? Definitely more like a, a platinum okay. emerald. I Based on the marketing, I actually expected it to be more different, yeah. more akin to black and white too. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of strange to go into it and have it be so similar. Yeah, I was kind of curious why they didn't just make it one game as opposed to both yeah. Ultra Sun and That Moon. too, mm-hmm. and I think like one of the reasons, <laughs> maybe stars. the star that everything yeah. was a star yeah, is I know. but I know that was I think thing. Or money. We're <laughs> also well, <laughs> and also I do I do like that the exclusive Pokemon are exactly the same. Yeah. Whereas if they had made just one version, they wouldn't. They some of those Pokemon would have been left out, and mm-hmm. the only way to finish your Pokedex if you were playing by yourself would be to play both Sun and Moon and Ultra. So technically, now you only have to get two copies to fill out your Pokedex. But actually, no, because there's um, <laughs> there's the new mechanic in the Ultra Wormhole you can catch legendary Pokemon and there are some legendary Pokemon that are only catchable when you have two version exclusives. So for example, to catch Rayquaza, you're going to need um, Latios and Latias, which are exclusive to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon and have them Mm. both in your party at the same time to be able to find a Rayquaza. So that that wormhole, you were explaining it to me a little bit yesterday, I believe. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds like I mean, if so, can you actually jump in there anytime you want and look for legendary Pokemon? Mm-hmm. Essentially, so this is like the best way to essentially catch legendary yeah. Pokemon in the game. Now, yeah, they right? they've never done this before, where you could every single legendary Pokemon, if it has been catchable in a previous game, mm-hmm. is available in the Ultra Wormhole. So, bar the mythical Pokemon like Mew and Magirna, that which are only event Pokemon, you can find anything. You can find Zapdos, you can find Suicune, you can find Azelf, Cresselia, like from any of the generations, mm-hmm. you can find them in this wormhole. <laughs> mm. and the wormhole looks pretty cool too. Like I think yeah. I saw a trailer earlier today. It just was like a neat thing. To yeah, you, you ride on Lunala or Solgaleo through mm. a hole. <laughs> a wormhole maybe. Yeah, like, no, one of Perhaps. those. And yeah. it looks really interesting and you have to collect uh, energy power-ups to keep moving. And avoid obstacles. And the further you go, the rarer the holes that you'll encounter. And when you go into one of these warp holes, it like spits you out like four thousand light years away. And sometimes a legendary Pokemon is is there, and sometimes it's a regular Pokemon. And another really cool thing about this mechanic is that uh, the poke the Pokemon that you find are higher chance of being shiny. And once you're in that pocket dimension that is already determined whether it will be shiny or not. So you could save right before talking to the Pokemon. And if it's shiny, you can keep resetting your game until you get a shiny Pokemon (laughs) with the correct nature and the correct IVs. So... It almost sounds like you've done that. (laughs) uh, Perhaps. (laughs) I highly consider it. (laughs) But um, So you can actually check its IVs in the summary, but you can see its nature. So, Mm. and now with bottle caps and gold bottle caps, it doesn't matter so much if its IVs are perfect because you can always fix that after the fact. Right. So that's really cool. So there's actually a legal way to get shiny Pokemon besides breeding and hoping it happens. <laughs> it's also just better. That just feels better to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hate 
I get why breeding's really good and it's smart for being competitive, mm-hmm. but I hate doing. I'm just like, oh, this one's not right. Yeah, <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have. I'm sorry. Boxes and boxes and boxes of Gibble <laughs> and Alolan Vulpix that will never be used <laughs> in Porygon. And they're just like, I don't want to release you because I feel bad, yeah. but you're also taking up a lot of space. They're just trapped <laughs> like, in a computer. Yeah, forever. I'll, I'll yeah. take one. I'll take one off your plate, please. <laughs> if you, well, you guys want any breed decks. <laughs> oh, man. I know a lot of people are looking forward to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I am. I'm mm-hmm. probably going to play a good bit of it. I don't know if I'll actually get to finish it. I did finish Ultra Sun and Ultra mm-hmm. Moon, though. Um, but I am. I know I'm super excited about an actual core Pokemon game coming to this thing yes. one day. I'm sure like many of you guys are out there. <laughs> Um, and hopefully we'll get that very soon. But um, thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Um, Jonathan and I, and I'm sure you ladies have some stuff to get to very soon. Uh, we both have hard outs. So um, yeah, where can people follow you at, um, Miranda? You can find me at Havoc Rose on Twitter, and that's Havoc with a K. And also pretty much anywhere else, I use a handle for pretty much everything. Cool. Awesome. And and you can find me at Shiny KCD, like Shiny Pokemon on Twitter. And wow. same thing on Instagram and pretty much everything else. You've definitely reset your game a bunch, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really shouldn't. I need to do other things for the wiki, which I am also working on. But uh, sometimes you just got to spend three hours resetting in front of a Pokemon. You don't need sleep. It's fine. No. Yeah. It's overrated. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Jonathan, where can people find you at? Uh, I'm at JM Dormish as well on Twitter, Instagram, all over the place. Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's our show uh, for this week. Thank you guys very much for watching. This is uh, called Nintendo Voice Chat, if you didn't already know. Uh, We are an IGN's Nintendo show, but we are not IGN's only show, so definitely make sure you check out Podcast Beyond and Unlocked and all the other great shows, um, Game Scoop, on the channel as well. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much for watching and listening. Uh, Leave us a kind iTunes review. Uh, if you so please. We do appreciate those. And also, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, definitely subscribe. Um, And have a great day. Thank you. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwein, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.